This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Happy Thursday, Raider Nation. It's time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Scott Goldbrands and Mo Moten with you. Thanks for being with us. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the show. If you already don't do it, don't go out and have to get the show. Just subscribe to it. It'll be pushed right to you. And every time we drop a new show, it will be delivered right to your device. So go ahead and do that. Uh, If you click on the link below in the description, it takes you specifically, whatever device you have, an iPhone, Android, whatever you're on, an iPad, a Microsoft tablet, doesn't matter. It'll take you to the right link so that you can subscribe to the show. And now, as always, I bring in my buddy, my broadcast partner, the Baron of Brooklyn, the Archduke of Avocado. If you don't know what that means... You'll soon know if you're a new listener. If you're an old listener, I'm not an old listener. I'm probably the only old listener. But if you're a returning listener, you kind of know what that means. But anyway, Mo, we're back. It is NFL season officially. Everybody's in camp. The Raiders have been there a little bit longer, obviously, with the Hall of Fame game coming. But lots to talk about. No offseason slowness. There's lots of news and that includes with the Raiders. Uh, but how's your week going, man? You're busy with your Bleacher Report duties. Mo is a writer over at Bleacher Report, covers the entire NFL, as well as being the Raiders columnist over at SportsNot.com. Getting busy now, my friend, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of retirements. Uh, coaches <laughs> devising, well, sharing their plans with, with the media, which you should take with a grain of salt at this point in July. But as you said, we're a week away from the Raiders Hall of Fame game against the Jaguars. Coming up on a lot of stuff going on. Raiders offensive line. I'm sure we're going to get into that. But yes. there is a lot to impact today. Well, and and Mo, let's switch to that because um, obviously uh, some news. You talked about retirements in the Raider camp as well. We heard uh, this week earlier this week, Denzel Good. So the Raiders already question marks on offensive line. Denzel Good gets added to the retirement uh, injury list, if you will, and uh, it appears he may be done, but who knows? He could come back. This goes back to, and I didn't bring the image with me on the show tonight, but I should have, the Mostradamus image, (laughs) where you talked about Denzel Good, and you even took some heat from some people, but you called it. You said, hey, listen, at his age, listen, I'm 52 He's 31. I know that relatively is young. But in football years, especially for a guy in the trenches, 
coming off that kind of injury, nothing was guaranteed. And so you called attention to that and said, hey, we're going to have to see what happens. And sure enough, he can't go. Good dude. We wish him the best. But this kind of throws the plans and all that you and I have talked about on this show when we did the position breakdown on offensive line, this kind of throws a little monkey wrench into all of it. And we now have to consider what the Raiders are going to do and some and some different rotations there at offensive line. Yeah, just full disclosure, Denzel Good basically said he wants to uh, turn his focus to this. And football wouldn't let him do that. So he wanted to just take some time away from the game and turn it to the things that matter, a.k.a. your family. So... We wish Denzel good the best, but as you said, I I felt like he was a bit of a question mark. I left him off a lot of my 53-man depth charts because I feel like the injury would factor into his recovery. And being a 340, 350-pound man coming off of a torn ACL, I felt like he wasn't a guarantee, although some people felt like he was a lock to start at right guard. Now, if he hadn't retired, then maybe he would have been the right guard. But the fact of the matter is now the Raiders have to have plan B. That plan B looks like it could be Lester Cotton, who's stirred a lot of buzz. Richie Incognito, who also retired this offseason, sung Lester Cotton's praises. And I think it may be time for him to make a move up the depth chart. Yeah, and, and the thing with Lester Cotton, I want to I caution people there, too, because um, when I was at camp, uh, uh, the first camp 2020 in Las Vegas, the guy looked amazing, right? He was out there. Uh, it was during the COVID year. And he looked great. Last year in training camp, also good buzz about Lester Cotton as well. So, again, here we are. Now, I'm not doubting that he can step up because I've always liked him. Uh, you go back to uh, Hondo Carpenter over at SNI, him and I sitting on the sidelines saying, man, this guy, if this guy can put it together, he really could be a difference maker for this team in, on an offensive line that had so many question marks even then. But it's early, right? So we're seeing – with all due respect, we're seeing reporters talking about how Lester Cotton looks great and all this kind of stuff, but we've been there before. It's going to take a little more time to see, and even some game action, I think, uh, to do that. But this certainly throws the positioning into a little bit of a tizzy, as I said earlier. And you dare, you dare, Mo, to tell people that, hey, you know what? As you also talked about, uh, maybe, just maybe, Alex Leatherwood goes back to guard. Uh, and we're looking at a right tackle situation with a different name. Talk about that opinion and how that created a little bit of buzz this week as well. Yeah, I've been suggesting that Alex Leatherwood is a guard, and I've been suggesting that since the day that the, dra the Raiders drafted him at 17th overall, I believe it was, last year. I feel like he would be an NFL guard instead of a tackle. Uh, a lot of people push back on me on that because they, they're holding out hope that he's like Colton Miller where he struggles his rookie year, turns out to be a pretty good tackle, and that could happen. But I will caution people that Colton Miller's struggles were different than Alex Leatherwood's struggles. Colton Miller played through an MCL sprain. He injured his knee during the year, I believe, against the Cleveland Browns. So he battled an injury. With Alex Leatherwood, he switched positions after, after week four. So he had some instability there. But again, I think there was him coming into the league, there was some discussion of is, is he a guard or, or a tackle? When Colton mm -hmm. Miller came in, everyone said he's a tackle. Is can he play up to his potential because he has the athleticism? Can he, can he be strong and stand in there against bull rushing edge rushers? That was the question of Colton Miller. It wasn't his position. With Leatherwood, people said that he he's, he could be a guard. So the Raiders have right. to figure it out, and they will figure it out during, the tra during training camp, and we'll see where he ends up. But I still think he's going to be a guard. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because the conversation amongst fans – 
overall has been well. Colton Miller did it, and and you pointed out the differences there. And I think it's really important. Not every player who might struggle when they get into the NFL, and a lot of players do it. It's a big adjustment. Yes, there are guys who go and they don't skip a beat, but that really is the exception. When you look at a player, especially on the offensive line like that, and at that position, at the tackle position in the NFL, with the speed you're dealing with across the line on defenses, guys you're going against, and we're going to hear later on from um, from Brandon Parker with some sound from one of the press conferences earlier in the week where he talks about it. you go up against Hall of Famers and you're a rookie, right? And so I think the difference there, people have to consider it. it it's not that you're saying Alex Leatherwood can't come along and develop, but Clearly, he was moved in the position we saw through the entire second John Gruden regime, players being overdrafted and players moving into positions. I mean, we saw it with offensive players, too, putting them into Lynn Bowden Jr., putting him into a position where was he really going to succeed? Probably not. And sure enough, look what happened. And I think that's what fans have to always consider is the situation and how they're different from one another. But certainly Colton Miller came along. He's turned into a very fine player. And Alex Leatherwood may. But if you look at the skill set, again, you're right. The guard position seems well-suited or more suited to his ability. Yeah, he had a presser last year after he moved to guard, and they asked him how was that transition from tackle to guard, and he kind of liked having less space between him and, and the person he's battling against in the trenches. So he he kind of feels comfortable in a phone booth, so to speak, versus out on an island going yeah. against a TJ Watt or, or a player of that caliber. So, again, I, I, I feel like he could still be a guard. He may start the season as a tackle, and we'll see if he sinks or swims. But not to ring any alarm bells, I, I, I had a piece out, and Peter King of NBC Sports said that Alex Leatherwood was basically the backup tackle behind Brandon Parker. Now, that's going to make mm -hmm. a lot of Raiders fans scream and bang their head against the wall, but he was trailing Brandon Parker in the battle for the for the right tackle spot. Big Tavier of the Athletic also said that, you know, basically Alex Leatherwood is not, not a lock to start there because based on his observations, Brandon Parker had more reps as a starting right tackle than Alex Leatherwood. Now that's a lot different than we, we heard out of OTAs. At OTAs, we heard nothing but, okay, Alex Leatherwood is getting most of the reps with the first team. He's getting all the reps with the first team at right tackle. But I find it strange to get to train where there are more eyes on, on the Raiders' practices. And now we're hearing that, oh, maybe he's the backup now. Yeah, and, and some other names too, Mo, I want to talk about. Fans have been really, because there's been some some good reports around the hustle and the work ethic of, of draft pick Dylan Parham. Uh, he's come out, but what we hear out of camp with him is they're moving him around a lot, kind of searching for where he may uh, offer some value. What about him and what we've heard? We've seen him play at right guard, right? Uh, and we've seen him move around. So clearly the with a rookie coming into camp, the coaching staff is looking to see and find out where he might develop and where they might use him. What are we hearing so far about uh, about Parham and what he might be able to do for this team on that offensive line? Well, I think as of right now, he's getting a lot of the backup reps at, at the guard positions and at center. It seems as though Andre James is going to be the starting center, but Parham could push him if there's, you know, if it's close during training camp. But I think Parham's best shot to start is probably at the right guard position where there's a vacancy because 
it seems that right now his top competition is Lester Cotton because from what I've read and heard, Alex Leatherwood hasn't got any significant reps at right guard yet. So they they seem to be trying him out of tackle for now. But we'll see what happens. Again, we're we're just in July right now. There's a lot of ways to go. But Parham, as far as he goes, I think he can wind up being the right guard. Because, I, again, I think James is at a center. I think at left guard, you're going to have John Simpson. Uh, they have the experience there. They got a year in as full-time starters. Parham was the right guard last year. He started off as a left guard at Memphis, moved to right tackle, I believe, his junior year, then moved to right guard his last year. So, you know, he could pick up some momentum from his senior year at Memphis and and actually win that job, especially now that it's wide open. And Lester Cotton has five career snaps on the pro level. He's been on and off the Raiders practice squad. So it's not like Dylan Parham has to go over anyone experienced or a star right guard to get that position. Now, the good news, Mo, is it's early. <laughs> they just got into pads uh, yep. uh, this week. Um, and so so there's there's time, and we're, we're going to have to see what happens over the next week. But next week, they're going to roll into what is a game week, right, for a lot of these young guys and a lot of these positional players where they're trying to figure out where they're going to fit them in. And so I think as we head towards the game in Canton next week, we'll know a little bit more but early on, how concerned, I mean, with Denzel Good stepping aside and retiring, um, you look at this, there was concerns going in. Now you're a player down, and uh, the Raiders have made some minor signings, nobody of note. But at the same time, um, the worry is still there. Now you have one body gone. Yes, he was a question mark, but he's a veteran. Um, when do Raider fans need to get more concerned if we still hear of a lot of guys moving in and out in rotation uh, as we head further into camp? I wouldn't be concerned until it's the last preseason game before cuts and you're still wondering who's your right guard, who's your right tackle. If it's not clear by the end of August, then you have a problem because I are, it, whether Denzel Good had, had been on the roster or not, I circled right guard as an issue because, as I said, you just can't count on a guy over the, uh, on the wrong side of 30 years old coming back from a 20 CL to, to play at tip-top shape and right guard. I feel like that position was going to be question mark anyway. But now that you don't have much experience, a lot of fans are wondering, why don't the Raiders just bring in Darrell Williams? And I've said Darrell Williams' name 150 times, and I still think they should <laughs> sign him because he could play both right guard and right tackle. But the, the impression I get from the Raiders, and no one has told me this, so this is not a rumor. Don't run with this to the to the newswire or anything. But <laughs> the, the impression I get is that the Raiders want to see what they have in the building first before they go out and sign someone. They're not going to hit the panic, bu panic button yet because, as you said, this week on Wednesday, they just had their first padded practice. So there's really no reason to panic yet and see, until you see what guys look like in full pads and maybe get them in at least one preseason game. And the Daryl Williams situation, and you have for weeks – talked about Daryl Williams on this show. You have, you have, you said, Hey, here's a guy. Um, how, but now you're going to start with, with all the teams in camp, you're going to start having injuries. You're going to start having these retirements or or teams moving on from offensive line. We've already seen it in other spots. How long is Daryl Williams mm -hmm. going to be out there? Who knows? Because we don't know why he's still available. And a lot of mm -hmm. people saying, well, Daryl Williams is that good. And I, and I say to those people, why are you assuming? How do we know <laughs> Williams doesn't have five offers on the table and he's his time? Right. Some guys just don't want to be at camp. Some That's guys a... purpose wait because yeah. they want to skip OTAs and mandatory minicap. 
and they just want to get in later because they're older vets and some guys are just contemplating their options. Chris Harris Jr. came out recently and said he has five teams interested in him, has not signed with the team yet. So let's not assume because Darrell Williams is available that no one wants him. He may have multiple offers and he just may be biding his time. Yeah, and, and that's it too. I think people, fans panic, right? Because <laughs> they want to know their team's going to go into the regular yes. season at full strength and feel good about, it, especially this Raiders offense, which everyone is excited about, and they should be, right? To be clear. At the same time, you're right. There's time here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a Daryl Williams would be great, supposedly, if he's in great shape and he's healthy and all that stuff. But we'll have to see what happens. The other thing, before we go to the first break mode, too, we're also hearing, uh, and it's hard to know because we're not on the ground there, but we hear a lot of talk about the Raiders secondary again. And some of it's been very positive, And then some of it's just been kind of, ah. Uh. Um, that's the same question mark we don't have. I think we need a few more days. There's been so much focus, I think, uh, in coverage of the Raiders around the offensive line and some of what's happening there with the offense. And, of course, Devonta Adams being in camp. And, of course, Mac Hollins being the jokester that he is and the, the unique guy he is. We've heard a lot about that on Wednesday. The special teams guys had a press conference. And there was jokes told about how they talk about animals together. All kinds of crazy stuff uh, from Daniel Carlson, who's a funny dude. Um, and so, so you get that. But I think that's what we need to also watch out for. Those two key areas, offensive line, which we just spent a whole segment talking about, and then that uh, defensive backfield, which I just haven't gotten. We haven't gotten a lot of information from eyes on the ground yet. Yeah, it's, it's as you said at the beginning of the show, it's still early. No need to hit the panic button yet until the only time you need to hit the, hit the panic button. If God forbid one of your star or key In players goes down with a serious injury. Yeah, that is the yeah. only time you need to panic at this point, because during the summer, this is the time where you now experiment with what you have and where these guys can play because you're just feeling it out. So I, I would say if you're, if you're hitting the panic button now, just give it a week or two. Give it two, three weeks, maybe. Yeah. And uh, all right. We're going to step aside. Well said. We're going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, we're going to again. Yes. Mo started another firestorm. He's he's good at that. Have you have you, have you noticed? So when we come back, we're going to talk about that. And that has to do with, to me, the two words that define this camp for the Raiders. And it's an incredible positive. OK. And that is focus and discipline. So when we come back, we'll go through that. We'll talk about Mo's latest piece where he wrote about this, which also caused some angst among some of you. Uh, and we'll get to that when we come back. Again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You find the link below, whether you're listening to us audio-wise, wherever you get your podcast, you can link right to it there. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, it's listed below in the, in the description. Also, for those of you watching, I'm wearing the new Silver and Black Today Show t-shirt Yes, merchandise. You can click on that below, too, if you'd like to pick up one of these puppies as well. All right. We'll be back in just a minute here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do not, do not go anywhere. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Welcome back. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you. We are talking Raiders football, as we always do, two times a week, soon to be three times a week. So make sure you subscribe below. Uh, whether you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, there is a link below. We'll take you right to that. Make sure it's just delivered to your phone. That way you don't have to do it. That way, Tuesday, Thursday mornings on your way to work, you have us. You can queue us up in the car where you're on the train, you're on the bus, however you're getting to work, you can do it there. But we are back. We are talking Raiders football. And this segment, just like we did on Tuesday, Mo, you're out there creating trouble. You're out there. It's like you're, you're, you're swinging a chain and you got a brass knuckle on your left hand you might have a knife in your back pocket. You're, you're out there. You're just ready to fight. So Mo wrote a piece up on sportsnot.com about the Raiders and the differences and how uh, the victim mentality. Now, I don't know that you I, I can't remember if you wrote that specific term in the story. I think you did. And, did. And, and you and I offline have talked a lot about this. And I've gotten into arguments with great fans, people who listen to this show, people I love. But I've gotten into arguments with them, and a lot of them throw back in my face. This is about penalties. This is about discipline. Uh, the show I did a couple years ago, and I actually had uh, the ethical skeptic, where he did the data to show that the Raiders were that there was a bias against the Raiders. I still believe that some of his research is true. But when you look at what has happened with the Raiders in recent years, that seemed to have subsided. Are there bad calls against the Raiders? Yes. Are there bad calls in the NFL in almost every game? Yes. But you wrote about this and how under Josh McDaniels, last show we talked about how their image may change, right? No longer the outlaws, the bad, the, the bad boys, if you will. Now, this idea of, of bad penalties, which we saw a lot of last year, um, you talked about that and said, hey, guys, Josh McDaniels isn't going to, first of all, put up with that. They got guys running laps when they drop snaps. We heard that from Derek Carr last week, correct? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's a different mentality under Josh McDaniels. Your piece and, and the fervor it created, explain what you meant there and why people need to understand that it is a very good thing. Well, people are saying, well, the Raiders are going to be penalized regardless of what they do because they're the Raiders. Al Davis had his back and forth with the uh, the NFL, so the NFL will always hold that above the Raiders' heads. So they're always going to be the most one of the most penalized teams in the league. And I push back on that because in that piece that you talked about under uh, in in John Gruden's first year, I believe the Raiders were 17th in penalties. I think they were 11th in penalized yards. So. Mm -hmm. 
are, did the league give the Raiders a break during that year? John Gruden's first year back? I don't know. I, I think they're, you're, as you said, they're always going to be bad judgment calls because officiating is an imperfect job, right? So you're, you're using your judgment based on when to call holding, when to call pass interference. You know, the saying goes, you can call holding or pass interference on virtually every play. It's up to your discretion. What I'm talking about are the false start penalties. The, the officials didn't make Alex Leatherwood or John Simpson jump off uh, false start. They didn't make any of the defenders jump off sides. That's that's on the players, and that's what I'm talking about. I think that's what Josh McDaniels is going to have this team cut down on when it comes to accountability and focus. When they're on the practice field and they screw up, as Derek Carr said, they make a mistake no matter whose fault it is on an exchange. Both guys have to run laps because it's all about attention to detail and it's all about accountability. I believe Deron Harmon also said that. It's about accountability. So uh, when it comes to that, people are going to shift the blame over to officiating. And I would say there are penalties, and we saw this a lot last year. There were penalties where you cannot blame the rest for those. You, it's all on the player. And I think that's, again, what Josh McDaniels is trying to ingrain in these players, that you screw up, it's on you. Don't look to the next guy. Don't mm-hmm. look to the referees. Mm-hmm. Fix it and move on. And, and I think both, and you said this, I think you were having a conversation with somebody online, and I thought it was brilliant, which was both things can be true. Could the Raiders have had a bias against them in the past? Yes. You talked about Al Davis and that whole Maverick mentality mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Absolutely. Right. But could that have changed at some point? And I look at the numbers here, Mo. I'm, I'm looking down at my notes here. Last year, they were number two in penalties in the NFL, 124 penalties. 2020, they were number 10. In 2019, they were third. So out of the three years that John Gruden, I know he was fired early into last season, but still his staff, um, three of, of uh, two of the three years, they were top three, and they were top 10 in all three years. Now, you go to Jack Del Rio, 2018-2017. Under Del Rio, they were middle of the pack in 2018 at 17. In 2000, I'm oh, sorry, that was 18, yeah. And 17, they were number nine. So they were top 10 and 17. So, so you can see that, that it's not just the team. It has a lot to do with the coaching staff, the mood, the discipline. Uh, John Gruden was not just a disciplined, it, it, he, he seemed like a disciplined coach because he liked to yell and he, oh, he was Mr. Rah-Rah uh, and all that kind of stuff. And he'd, he'd say funny things at the podium, but it didn't translate. And, and I was struck by, because as I was pulling sound and video for the show, I wanted to talk about um, offensive line. And Colton Miller, who we don't hear a lot from, by the way, I, I totally forgot even what his voice sounded like, Mo. Um, but Colton Miller talked about this. And I think this, go, listen to what he says here about mistakes they've made and the focus that they have in camp this year. I think it's very key. So here is Colton Miller. Um, you know, we want to uh, eliminate um, self-inflicted penalties. So try, we try to really focus in and uh, um, for our own accountability, you know, if we <clears throat> have a have an issue, then, you know, we take take a lap. Um, we don't say anything, you know, it's just next man up. It's not, you know, stop practices and that just, you know, we just got to be more. We, we hold each other to a higher standard. So we'll, we're that's how we're trying to uh, execute that. Seems like that's hold each other to a higher standard, right? And one of the things I complained about on my show here when I was on Raider Nation Radio and before that was that I always felt that John Gruden, even though his press conferences could be funny and you'd find little quips and moments, there was always a lot of excuses. And I'm any organization that you lead, 
I don't care if you're the editor at Bleacher Report that you report to, Mo, or if you're working in a factory or you're a construction guy on a site and you have a foreman. Teams take on the personality of their leaders. And so I think while maybe these players didn't verbally make excuses, it clearly there was a lack of discipline. And you heard Colton Miller talk about accountability and dumb mistakes. And it's a focus for Josh McDaniels because he saw it. He inherited these guys. And so he clearly came in and he set a different standard. And the guys amongst themselves have also set a different standard. The fans can run with the whole conspiracy theory that no matter what there is, it'll be top in the league in penalties. But the players <laughs> and the coaches understand that you have to you have to be accountable for your mistakes. False starts, offsides, personal fouls, uh, interference calls. You have to be accountable for that because no one's going to say, well, you know, throw your hands up. It's all the ref's fault. It's not your fault. It's all the referee's fault. Don't worry about it. Because to me, that not only is that a victim mentality, it's a loser mentality. Because what you're saying is, when I do wrong, it's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. It's their fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. No, you have to own up to your mistakes. And I think that's what, again, that's what Josh McDaniels is trying to do with his players. And a lot of people say, well, don't other teams do that? Run laps when they make mistakes? And I, and I will answer and say, well, obviously the Raiders weren't doing it enough because you're hearing these Raider players come out and say, it's a new feel because it's all about accountability now, which means that John, John Gruden hit staff weren't drilling them on that. And at least not as much as Josh McDaniels and his staff are doing right now at training camp and trying to set a standard. And you heard the S word that he, he said, setting a standard, a higher standard. So what he's telling you is that there's a new sheriff in town and he's trying to establish a certain culture and a certain level of accountability and a certain standard level that they have to play up to. Absolutely. And, and that's key because if you're going to build a winning culture, I don't, again, I don't care what business you're in, football or not. You have to set that. And they have to be very high standards. And no one, no one is exempt from that. I don't care if you're the richest, highest paid player on the team or you're a practice squad guy. Everybody has to be held to the same exact standard. And again, I remind people, when people were worried, oh, the Patriot, I don't want that with the Raiders. It's not the Patriot way, actually. It is excellence. It goes back to what Al Davis actually talked about and, 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 and coined the phrase commitment to excellence. It is not accepting anything lower than the best. And, and that has to be a practice every day. That has to be in how your PR staff acts, how your front office staff with the new president acts. All that stuff has to be even. Okay, it has to be something that is ingrained in everyone in the building, whether they're on the field or off. The weight trainers, the, the, the equipment staff, the janitorial staff. It doesn't matter. You have to have that permeate your organization. Uh, another person we heard from, one of Raider Nation's favorite. I've always liked the kid. I think I actually had the first interview with him after he got drafted on our show back on CBS Sports Radio when we were on CBS Sports Radio. And uh, that's Brandon Parker. Brandon Parker, we've been hearing a lot of good buzz from camp again. Again, take it with a grain of salt because it's early and they just put the pads on. But Brandon Parker touches on it. He touches on this. And also what I like about this, and I think this might seem like a little bit of a divergent point, but it does go back to what we're talking about, Mo, which is Brandon Parker talked about criticisms of him and the offensive line and the fact that they hear it, right? That they hear it in social media. 
And I like what he says here, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, because um, it goes to discipline and a commitment to being the best. And here's uh, Brandon Park. I just think, for one, way too many penalties, uh, way too many false starts last year. I hurt my team in that way. Um, and with the new staff coming in, we have a lap every false start we have, which helps kind of straighten up, you know. Uh, and then a lot of a lot of holdings, a lot, too many sacks. Just, and a lot of that stuff just finishing that last little bit. So that's what I've been trying to focus on, just finishing with better emphasis. Brandon, I know you were, were you hearing a lot on social? Were you like scrolling through, doom scrolling and trying to take I wasn't seeing it a lot. Like it was not like if somebody was coming like, every day you suck. No, it wasn't like that. You know, but the, <laughs> the one, like the couple of times you get it and you you know, fans, sometimes you'll get it after a game. You'll get a, the random, oh, you suck. You know, meanwhile, you're blocking a Hall of Famer who's probably might make a play here or two. You know, that's just it's nature of this game. So I just, I don't want to see that this year. You know, um, a lot of that is making sure they can't say that. But also if they feel like saying it, take away the way they can say it. There you go. Back to accountability. He That whole clip, and I'll get to the social media part in a second, but that whole clip, he says, hey, I had too many false starts. He took responsibility. And, and to hear that, Mo, this guy who's you know now a veteran and really trying to, again, develop to the point where he can play some more, because during the press conference, he talked about that too, how he's been in and out and he's played well at times and other times played horribly. Um He's taking responsibility for that because guess what? There's nothing less. But isn't that refreshing to hear that he's stepping up and saying, look, here's what I did wrong. He's telling the reporters, this is what I did wrong, and this is what I have to do to correct it. You know what I didn't hear him say? Hmm. The referees are picking on me. They hate the Raiders. I, I don't know what, what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. No, these players know when they're screwing up. They know when it has to do with their technique. They know what they have to fix. And they're not blaming anyone for, for it. And they're not saying, well, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. The, these guys are, are coming into this and saying, coach me up, basically. And I'm sure you're hearing, they're hearing, you know, that dialogue is going on in the practice field. But again, they're not blaming anyone outside the building. The accountability is, the accountability is all within, internally. And I know you're going to get on the social media ramp. But before you do, I want to say, I think it's a good move that he got off of social media because the Brandon Parker commentary on Twitter is not good right now. No, and, and and for good reason, and he just said it a lot. Too many false starts, too many sacks allowed, uh, too many holding calls. So he's got to be able to fix that. And maybe then after he does, and he, he you know gets a Pro Bowl or becomes a solid star, he can get back on social media and everyone will cheer him again. And I understand that. And you're right. Does he deserve criticism based on his play? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and he would agree. He would agree with that. He, in fact, he said it right there. He even expanded on it uh, in parts of the press conference that we didn't play for you. And, and I get that, but a couple things, and my, my social media rant here is, I know some players are very active, including a former player with the Raiders, Damon Arnett, who lost his job because of it and now is in jail again for other reasons, but clearly has just gone off the rails. But I, two things. One is, why are reporters constantly asking players about social media? I, I, I don't understand it. Like, why do you hear on social media? Who cares? And I'm not, I'm not necessarily criticizing the reporter because a lot of reporters who I respect and have more experience than I do ask about it. It's part of our lives, but I think it shows, it shows the societal addiction to it. And if I'm a player, and, and you heard Derek Carr go off on a reporter earlier in the week basically because of social media uh, and asking why he cares and why he listens. So to me, I know it's the public square, so to speak, but I think under, under this staff as well, not only are the players smart to say, you know what, yeah, I'm not going to pay attention to it anymore. 
I think maybe there's an undercurrent in that building that says, listen, if you're going to take part in it, Josh Jacobs and others, fine, but you better watch what you say and you also better hold each other accountable and don't worry about what John in Dallas, Texas, who's been a Raider fan since whenever, <laughs> is going to call Brandon Parker a stiff and that you suck and that, you know, I hope you get cut tomorrow. Like, they have to... They have to get that out of their heads because to win a Super Bowl, you have to remain ultimately focused. I've said this the past few years, and I felt like now Derek Carr could do what he wants. It's mm -hmm. his social media account. And I know Derek Carr, he will block you in a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's blocked reporters. He's blocked a lot of fans. But I just think for the most part, if if I'm a player and I and I don't want to hear criticism throughout the year from people who can't do what I do. I would either get off the of social media or I would just be able to to just tune it all out. Get to a point where you're like, all right, if it's not positive, if it's not constructive criticism from someone I respect, then I don't want to hear it. I'll block. And I think that's the approach Derek Carr has now. But I think if he has to, if Derek Carr gets to a point where he consistently listens to the outside noise, he should go the he should go the Brandon Parker route. Now, of course, he's a lot better player at his position. Of course. But if he's going to be sensitive to the criticism. Just, just forget social media. It, it, even if you want to just get on the social media for the offseason and then get off of it during the season, I know a lot of players do that. They'll get off during the season while they're in play. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best mode, just lock in. And I know LeBron James used to do this during the playoffs specifically. Right. But in the in a in a 17-game season, you can do without social media for four or five months and get back on it in the offseason if that helps you focus. Sure. And guys have business interests, which they use social media to sell. They have sponsorships. They have brands that they're pushing, all that kind of stuff. So I understand it. I'm not saying that you should that players should never be on social media, but I think that that, that focus, that accountability is something that's huge. And if you guys are really going to make a run at a championship, then they need to focus on what is important. And some guy who's just a fan who gets emotional because fans get, I get emotional as a fan, you know, that, that happens. They're going to say things that they would never say to your face. Right. And we get that. And so yeah. it's just refreshing to hear. And again, I defended Derek Carr when he said he blocked people. Cause I'm like, okay, if you're going to be on social media and you want to keep it positive, then you got to block out that stuff. Right. Cause that, that guy's never played quarterback mm -hmm. in the NFL. So he might criticize you but it's not going to help you get better. So, so I've, I've defended him on that. And in this case, I like him, uh, Brandon Parker, going a little bit cold turkey. All right, we're up against our second break. When we come back, uh, we are going to delve into the world of fantasy football. Yes, the Silver and Black Today Fantasy Football League is here. We have a full league. We had such heavy response, and I'm sorry we couldn't get everybody. We might end up doing a second league for some of you guys. We'll get back to you on that one. But we have 12 teams to unseat Mo, to teach him a lesson, to give him some humble pie, and to join us to talk about that because he's part of it. And he's going to come on during the season and talk about fantasy football is my old broadcast partner, Kelly Kreiner. Uh, Kelly's going to come on after the break. We're going to talk about the league. It'll be fun, I'm sure. And then we're going to meet the people in the league. We've got a special video for you to introduce you to that. So don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. We are going to be back here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Reminder again, subscribe to the show. Whether you're doing it on audio, doing it on YouTube, there's links below in the description. Do that so the show comes right to you. Uh, every Tuesday, Thursday, and soon to be post-game as well. We shift our focus. If you may have heard, or you may have heard, Silver and Black today, we have a fantasy football league because Mo has called himself, are you ready for this? He has called himself the Vince Lombardi of fantasy football. So in order for me, I needed I needed more than myself, I admit it. I, I have no problem admitting when I need help. Uh, I, I, I talked with Kelly Kreiner when I was in Las Vegas. Kelly Kreiner, who joins us now, you can follow him on Twitter at Rating the Draft. Kelly's a former co-host of the show, and he's back now because we are united in our battle to bring Mo Moten down. And so we're going to be playing fantasy. So Kelly now joins us from Las Vegas. Kelly, are you ready for this? Are you ready to to push Mo down in the standing so that we can put him in his place for once? I definitely am because, I mean, like Vince Lombardi, Mo's not going to be relevant anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's really good. Mo's going to kill us in this, and it's just, it's going to be, all this is funny now. He's going to, if he he beats us, we're never going to hear the end of this. That's why he looks as uh, cool as a cucumber. He's just sitting there. He's like, "Mm, yeah. And and he's throwing around, even to the wonderful listeners who are part of this league, who you'll meet in a minute, uh, he's calling them losers, right? He's calling them losers. He's like, yeah, here's the bunch of losers that I'm going to take. And so uh, there's some players that we have in this league who I think are going to be good. Uh, and and it's going to be interesting. But, Kelly, you've already gone through some drafts. Uh, when you think about what we need to do in order to to at least give Mo a run for his money and people are out there getting ready for their own fantasy football leagues, what's the best way to get up to speed to get ready, especially if in your, you're in a league with someone like Mo who uh, has quite a few trophies in the trophy case? Well, the, the best thing to do is not listen to anything that you hear coming out of training camp because <laughs> you're going to be drafting nothing but the next big sleeper guy because that fourth running back on the roster is going to look really good for three more weeks. You know, there's always a handful of guys that will beat their ADP. They're boring to have on your team. You know, nobody has fun drafting Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks <laughs> is a great fantasy wide receiver because you can pencil him in. You know, Woods going to Tennessee, you know, Woods was always one of my guys. You know, he was always going to beat his ADP. Now in Tennessee, who knows? 
but there's always a handful of guys out there that nobody wants to draft. They're boring, but they're good fantasy players, and they it's what you need to build around to win you a fantasy championship. There you go. And and Kelly, when you look at this, because we're, we'll hear from Mo in a minute, he's just waiting to drop some bombs on us here in a second. But uh, when you look at fantasy football and, and you've played a lot, I've played a lot, I've had some success here and there uh, doing it, but you guys are much more serious players than I am. Uh, for, for those out there, what what's the what's the kind of theme this year when you look at how the NFL has changed? Some players, some big players have changed rosters. They've changed the city in which they play. Uh, when you look at this year's fantasy football crop and for those guys coming in to play us in this league, what are you going to pay attention to uh, and what has changed versus last year uh, that you want to pay attention to? Well, uh, wide receiver is getting more and more important to have. You know, in the past, it was always, you know, your first couple of picks, you wanted two running backs, at least two out of your first three. But, the you know, with teams going more for passing, you're seeing wide receivers creep up. You're seeing, you know, some of those running backs who don't catch the ball out of the backfield, they're sliding down. And with the number of teams that have uh, backfield by committee, you know, the workhorse running backs are still your top picks. But instead of having four or five of those guys, now there's maybe two or three. So you have to adjust to that. You have to be willing to take wide receivers earlier than maybe you want to and grab a couple, two or three running backs to where, find out, okay, which one's going to pan out, which one's, you know, which one's not. But you need to have them on the bench so that way, whichever one from, you know, say whoever ends up getting the job for the Texans or whoever, you know, somebody like that, if you have the option, you know, you can, you can keep them. The second you realize that this isn't going to be the guy, you got to drop them. You can't hold on to guys like that and clog up a roster spot. So the main thing is, like, don't love your draft picks too much. You got to realize that, hey, I think I thought this was going to do something. The second you realize it's not, you got to let them go. Yeah, amazing. So, Mo, so you've you've talked a lot about your prowess in fantasy football. Now, you cover the entire league. uh, And Kelly, I think you and Kelly are the two people, even though Kelly's not a sports writer, Kelly bets football, so he keeps track of everything. What has been your secret to success? Secrets you want to tell us without giving us an edge to beat you, but why? what is it about fantasy football and what you do for a living that helps you actually succeed in that? It's very basic, but I think a lot of, te- a lot of people lose track of what's going on around the league. A lot of teams, especially – this is true for – people who are fans hardcore fans so if you're a raider fan watching this podcast i'm talking to you some some people only pay attention to their team so they don't know much about the vikings second wide receiver or third wide receiver or you know the carolina panthers second running back i'm just using those as as examples but keep track of what's going on around league things are changing every day guys are going down with injuries uh coaches are talking about workloads of course you want to listen as kelly said you don't listen too much to what coaches are saying right now but Make sure you're looking at what's going on every single day, what the depth chart looks like, what guys are talking about, how their workload is going to pan out. But I, I do want to ask Kelly a question. What burner account are you going to use to ask me <laughs> fantasy football questions <laughs> before I beat you by 58 or more points? Maybe he already is. Well, no, anybody that knows me knows because um, when I first started doing the radio station, I had a different Twitter account, which – Somehow got deleted. Hell, I don't even know what happened with that, but who cares? But I couldn't keep those two straight, so I would rant. I would pull the Kevin Durant, and I would like 
tweet from the wrong thing or something every once in a while. So I'm not even going to waste my time trying to do that. Um, I don't, here's my thing. And I do it with, you know, I do it with a lot of stuff is I will listen to advice and stuff from people. I'm not taking anybody's advice over mine on anything. You know what? It might not be the best call, but that's, you know, I, I can listen to stuff like, oh, yeah, I understand that. But if I don't agree with it or if I'm on that side, I'm not listening to it. Interesting. Now, you but, said, go ahead, Mo. What I realized is that a lot of people ask your advice because they want to know if, can you push them over the edge on, on a decision or confirm what they already thought? So they already have a decision in mind. They want to see what you're going to say. And if you agree, yeah, I'm doing this. But if you disagree with their original thought, it's something to think about before they make their final decision on the, on a lineup position. Oh yeah. There's, I mean, there's definitely times where so, like you can bring up a point or you can, especially like, like you said earlier, you know, even me who like, I keep up on this stuff. I'm going to miss stuff from here. I'm going to miss stuff from like, say the coaches, Oh, somebody didn't practice today or something like that. I'm going to miss things like that. So, I mean, there can be stuff that can kind of help you in that decision and everything, but it's like, and, and I will listen to that and I will factor that in there. But uh, like, if you say, Hey, you've got to start this guy on Sunday, I'm not just going to blanketly do that. You know, mm-hmm. I won't, I won't, I won't make a bet like that. I won't do a fantasy thing. I've just, I want to like stock picks and stuff. I have friends that are stockbrokers. They can give me an idea. I ain't just going to blanketly buy something, you know? Yeah. And you get, you get Mo, like you talk about too. I see people during the season constantly tweeting at you questions because you write, you write fantasy columns too, right? So people are asking you, who should I start? And I always can tell, though, you get the confirmation bias, folks. Or, like, they think they should mm-hmm. start that player. And if you say it, then, ah, oh, I was right, right? So they, they look for that confirmation, which is really interesting. All right, what we're going to do now, too, is we're going to go. We're going to meet the guys and gal who make up the... Losers. the what's that? The losers. <laughs> the losers. Go ahead, bring them up. We're going to meet... Uh, the the rest of the league. So it's me, it's Mo, it's Kelly, it's our producer, David Stepanian. So that's the four in-house people. And then the rest are listeners. So here they are. Here is the rest of the Silver and Black Today Fantasy Football League. What's good, Scott, Mo, Silver and Black Today? My name is Cameron Inge, better known as Cam Archer to all the Raider Ramble subscribers who read that. From San Bernardino, California, I'm here to take this fantasy football crown this season. Let's get it. What's up, everyone? This is James Owens, a.k.a. Slow Jam James, looking to take (laughs) some more fantasy football hardware. Thanks for the opportunity. Let's go. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Rossi in Australia. Excited to be a part of this fantasy. And uh, Mostradamus, but you didn't see this guy coming and winning your (laughs) fantasy league this year. Hi, guys. It's just Win Wendy. I just wanted to say hello and tell you I'm all about the defense and I hope you all are willing to go down easy because I'm going to hit you hard. Thanks. What's up, Scott? What's up, Mo? This is Mike Moisa from the Bay Area. Been a Raider fan my whole life. Thank you for the opportunity to join the Fantasy Football League. I'm about to win this and I'm about to beat you, Mo. Let's go. Yo, what up, Raider Nation? This is your boy, Raider Infiltrator out the 559. Shout out to Scott Goldbranson, Mo Moten, and the whole Silver and Black Today show for putting on this fantasy football league, letting the fans get up in there. Mo Moten, I'm coming for the crown, baby. Ain't no running. Raider Nation, let's get it. 
What up, Raider Marcus from Oceanside, California, coming through to take down Mo Moten in the fantasy title. How's it going, guys? I'm Mike Clig. I'm from Boise, Idaho. I'm a correctional chaplain, and I've been a Raider fan since the Sea Hands game. Looking forward to beating all you guys this year. Well, there you go. There they are, Mo. And, and boy, they all had some words for you. And I, I'm telling you, you watch out, Pastor Mike. Here's a guy Mike. who's a pastor in the prison system. Dude, he's... He's got a higher power for him. I'm telling. I'm just telling you. Two, two thoughts here. James Owens. He's got to put that belt up. He he took. He did the video <laughs> with the belt. He's got to put the belt on the line. Oh. I want. I want that. I want that title that he was holding on his did shoulder. Did you see his ring too? Yeah. He he's got all the gold. I want that. I I'm if if Kelly if we're making odds out of just based on the video, I'm 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 thinking James and his his slow jazz voice, which I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Slow jam, James. Um, mm -hmm. He's got just based on video, which I know is not much to go on. I, I'm liking James and I'm liking Pastor Mike. Yeah, anybody I mean, Pastor can, anybody can buy a belt. <laughs> anybody can buy a belt, but how many people can earn one? And I think that's why James has to put that on the line. You just can't pop up in the video with a belt and, and not just say what your credentials are. You got to you got to be you know worthy of that. Wow. Uh, but it's fun. I mean, those guys, they're all pumped up. They're all aiming for Mo, even across the world. Down yeah. Under is gunning for you, man. They're gunning for you. It's going to be fun. I've, I'm going to feel bad about taking down a pastor, though. Like, you know, my great grandmother <laughs> wouldn't love that, man. See, Kelly, he's already got a psychological advantage. <laughs> well, no, it's just, I mean, he, he's in the correctional facility. He's seen a lot of bad things. He could just chalk this up to something else. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the defeat that Mo hands him won't be the worst beating he's probably seen in a while. Oh my gosh! Okay, so now, now we have to talk about. So we will silver and black today. We'll have a trophy or of some sort. We'll have to take a vote on the league. Do you want a trophy? Do you want a belt? Whatever it may be, we'll figure it out. Um, and so there will be that along with a T-shirt. I have one of the show T-shirts on. If you're watching on YouTube, and we'll, we'll we'll have one of these and 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 a piece of Raider gear as well for the winner. Because we believe winner takes all, the rest of us get nothing. Um, but secondarily, Kelly, I think we need the the the, the spoils of of war of victory uh, that are that are that are humiliating. So uh, amongst the four of us that that are with the show, not so much the listeners. We'll we'll, we'll let them go. But when it comes to Mo, if Mo doesn't finish in first, we talked about it on the last show, Kelly, um, and he he almost he gag reflex. I think Moe's got to eat cheesecake with mint chocolate chip ice cream or cheesecake with pepperoni or, sorry, pineapple pizza. He's got to do something like that, right? Well, I mean, just the cheesecake enough to me would be bad enough. <laughs> um, I would never subject anybody to eating pineapple pizza. This is a fantasy <laughs> league. He's not a war criminal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because when you brought that up, because I, I thought about having a side bet with Mo because I'm I'm on the same boat with him. I think mint chocolate chip ice cream, some of the worst yeah, yeah. stuff on the planet. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. I was gonna say just have a bet that I'd eat a pint of mint chocolate chip if he beat me and he eat a piece of cheesecake if I beat him. But uh but no yeah I mean just I think the cheesecake would be bad enough for Mo. Yeah. <laughs> he said it last I, time. He th I said he's gonna be like uh the exorcist where he's 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 puking and his head spinning around. Yeah, did you I hear can't... Scott? 
Did you hear Scott try to double take him? He said mint chocolate chip ice cream on the cheesecake. You want me to die on the show? Like <laughs> seriously. That's that's ruining that's ruining a good piece of cheesecake. I can't sanction anybody eating pineapple pizza. I don't care no. what it's for. We're that's all in agreement just, yeah. on that. Yeah, we're, we're all in agreement on that. It has no place in this world whatsoever. I'll disagree on the ice cream, the cheesecake. I agree too. So we're we're two out of three. I'll t- I'll take that one. Uh, but we'll we'll come on every week and we'll talk about the results uh, on our Tuesday show um, because of Monday Night Football, obviously. So for our Tuesday night show, we'll talk about the results uh, of each each game and all that. So Kelly's going to be back with us throughout, and we'll even bring Kelly on to talk some football because no one's got the zingers and 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 the the subtle yet hammer over your head insults for players who don't play well as much as Kelly Kreiner. So we'll we'll have fun with that. And I have time on my hands. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but it's going to be fun and and to all the listeners involved we're we're lo- really looking forward to it and uh, it's going to be just a blast. So we'll, and we'll keep everybody here too. We'll we'll have the humiliation for losing. You and I Kelly got to decide on what our punishment is. For Kelly it's probably just having to sit here with Mo and I, but um we'll we'll figure out what that looks like cuz we got to put some skins on the table so to speak. Yeah, it's it's going to be different cuz usually if I'm in a fantasy league and something it's usually money. So for this one, it's it, with all or nothing. I mean, it's Ricky Bobby, man. If you ain't first, you're last. So it's going to it's gonna completely change the way I draft my team because the only thing I care about is beating Mo. I don't care about anybody else. So it's like you, you, may, you, you may see me do some things, be like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Because it's first or last, baby. And we'll see the draft is uh, coming up on uh, August 5th, which is the day the Raiders kick off up in Canton, Ohio. So uh, there's your little Raider tie-in. Last, before we go, Devontae Adams, clearly a first-rounder fantasy guy. Is he a top-five guy? Mo, you go Um, first. Or Kelly, you go. You you spoke. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I wouldn't – I have not seen him go first round in most of my mock drafts. Mm. he's that he's that he's a turn guy to where you're getting in that kind of 12 to 15 range in almost every draft that I've had. So, I mean, he, if somebody in our league wants to take him in the first round, that's cool. Go for it. <laughs> you know, um, it probably won't be me. Um, but no, yeah, I've seen him. He's in that, he's in that, you know, that 12 to 15, that kind of turn area. Kelly's absolutely right about that. It's basically what I talked about on previous shows that he's got to share those targets with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro now. So yep. I, I don't see him as a top five receiver either. If you're if you're picking eleven or eleven or twelve in a snake draft where you you know you get kind of back to back picks, then I would pick him up. But other than that, if you are one to five, one to six, one to eight, I, I'm not touching Devontae Adams. Yeah, no question. Uh, funny stuff. Okay, cool. Well, listen, Kelly, we're gonna say goodbye and we appreciate you being with us. We'll talk to you. Uh, next week that'll be pre-draft trash talk so we'll talk a little bit about going in what we've learned early in camp because our draft is coming just the second week of camp uh, so it is our opportunity maybe to get our listeners overhyped on people <laughs> so they they take them early uh, but we're being fully we're disclosing on the show so it'll be good but Kelly man thanks for joining us we're excited to have you back and to have you on uh, throughout the season yeah man no problem just one thing before I go I'll ask you this, Scott. Who do you think – what do you think happens first? I draft Jameis Winston or Mo drafts Zach Moss? <laughs> Boy, 
That is a tough one. Um, oh boy, I'm going to say you're taking Jameis. Hey, I, no, I, I'm not drafting him. I can get him for free. He's not getting yeah. drafted. Yeah. You know, Kelly, that's... where's Taysom Hill fit in all this? <laughs> I mean, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in one of those leagues, like there's some of the – like the high dollar, like professional leagues, they do a tight end premium now to where it's one and a half oh. points per reception. And something like that, Taysom Hill actually kind of bumps up because he's going to be playing some tight end, get some, but you get everything else they're going to be doing. So, I mean, he's not completely worthless in a league like that. He's just almost completely worthless. <laughs> oh, there, nobody could turn a phrase like Kelly. It's perfect. All right, man. Listen, thanks for being with us, Kelly. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. No problem, guys. I look forward to seeing you on the battlefield. All right. Follow Kelly at Rating the Draft, uh, and uh, you can go to him, and he'll he'll give you advice on fantasy football too. But it'll be fun, I'm sure. All right, it Mo, be we good are. Advice, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was Kelly Kreiner. Great to great to have him back on the show. Um, all right, Mo. So we are out of time for this week for this Thursday edition of the show. When we come back on Tuesday, uh, we'll talk about who's hot, who's not at training camp, and then we'll get you ready for the Raiders playing up in Canton on Saturday. We'll have Tuesday. We'll start to talk a little bit about that. And some fact does playing in the hall of fame game have a curse attached to it. We have data that talks about that and whether or not teams who play in the hall of fame game, make the playoffs in that same year. Kind of interesting stuff. But, Mo, we'll have plenty to talk about, I am sure. As always, my friend, thanks for being here, and we will talk to you next time. Also, Mo, people got to follow you at uh, Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Also, read his stuff up on Bleacher Report and Sports Not. What else are you doing? Anything? You're running down the streets of New York uh. City? With your Actually, on? I got a piece coming. <laughs> I wish. Actually, <laughs> I have a piece coming out. One undrafted free agent that could make every NFL roster. So look out for that. That's coming up. And of course, I'll probably be breaking down what happens in the Raiders preseason game. Of course, not going too hardcore because, as we know, it's going to be backups out there. But I just want to caution people, Raider fans, stay away from the panic button. It's still early. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Mo, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you on Thursday. All of you as well, thank you for being with us here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. You can catch us every Tuesday, Thursday, and then coming as soon as the season starts, we will be doing a post-game show as well. So make sure you subscribe in the links below as well as subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can see us in living color too. We appreciate you being here. Have a great week. And remember, take care of one another. We'll talk to you next time.